Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, original edition, which is published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also on that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. Today, we begin a new chapter, chapter 13, From Perception to Knowledge. Uh, and my name is Laurie Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. In addition to our new chapter this morning, we'll be reading sections 1 and 2, we're also in remembrance of our lesson, our review lesson, uh, for the next several days. Each one of them beginning with the thought, my mind holds only what I think with God. Today we're reviewing lesson 127, there is no love but God, and lesson 128, the world I see has nothing that I want. And by way of opening this morning, in light of this new chapter from Perception to Knowledge, I was so happy to um, be led pretty straightly to this beautiful poem by Rainier Maria Rilke. It's called, I Believe in All That Has Never Yet Been Spoken. I believe in all that has never yet been spoken. I want to free what waits within me so that what no one has dared to wish for may for once spring clear without my contriving. If this is arrogant, God forgive me. But what I need to say is this. May what I do flow from me like a river, no forcing and no holding back the way it is with children. Then in these swelling and ebbing currents, these deepening tides moving out, returning, I will sing you as no one ever has, streaming through widening channels into the open sea. I believe in all that has never yet been spoken. Amen. Thank you, Laurie. Beautiful. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes. It's a stunning poem. And mm-hmm. um, when I came upon it this morning, again, I uh, went to the section in the second part of the workbook called What is Creation? And uh, the poem and What is Creation seem to sing one to the other. Anyway, <laughs> I was grateful for it, so thank you everyone. And here's our reading list this morning. Lemoyne, Fran, Robin Marie, Karen, and Donna were joined in listening this morning by Harrison, and perhaps Reverend Regis will be able to read later. Has anyone else joined us that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? This is Sandra, I can read. Oh, most excellent. Thank you, Sandra. Good morning, Lori, everybody. It's Jude. I'll be listening. Thank you. All right. 
<laughs> Thanks, Judy. Okay. New chapter, chapter 13, from perception to knowledge. Section 1, introduction. All therapy is released from the past. <laughs> that is why the Holy Spirit is the only therapist. He teaches that the past, past does not exist, a fact which belongs to the sphere of knowledge and which, therefore, no one in the world knows. It would be indeed, it would indeed be impossible to be in the world with this knowledge, for the mind that knows this unequivocally knows also that it dwells in eternity and utilizes no perception at all. It therefore does not consider where it is, because the concept "quote unquote" where does not mean anything to it. It knows that it is everywhere just as it has everything and forever. Uh, Lemoyne. Chapter 13, From Perception to Knowledge, Section 1, Introduction. All therapy is released from the past. That is why the Holy Spirit is the only therapist. He teaches that the past does not exist, a fact which belongs to the sphere of knowledge and which, therefore, no one in the world knows. It would indeed be impossible to be in the world with this knowledge. For the mind that knows this unequivocally knows also that it dwells in eternity and utilizes no perception at all. It therefore does not consider where it is, because the concept, quote-unquote, where, does not mean anything to it. It knows that it is everywhere, just as it has everything and forever. The the very real difference between perception and knowledge becomes quite apparent if you consider this. There is nothing partial about knowledge. Every aspect is whole, and therefore no aspect is separate. You are an aspect of knowledge, being in the mind of God who knows you. All knowledge must be yours, for in you is all knowledge. Perception at its loftiest is never complete. Even the perception of the Holy Spirit, as perfect as perception can be, is without meaning in heaven. Perception can reach everywhere under his guidance, for the vision of Christ beholds everything in light. Yet no perception, however holy, will last forever. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran, if you'd like to pick up two and roll right into the role of healing, please. Two, the very real difference between perception and knowledge becomes quite apparent if you consider this. There is nothing partial about knowledge. Every aspect is whole, and therefore no aspect is separate. 
You are an aspect of knowledge, being in the mind of God, who knows you. All knowledge must be yours, for in you is all knowledge. Perception at its loftiness is never complete. Even the perception of the Holy Spirit, as perfect as perception can be, is without meaning in heaven. Perception can reach everywhere under his guidance, for the vision of Christ beholds everything in light. Yet no perception, however holy, will last forever. Section 2, The Role of Healing, Paragraph 3. Perfect perception, then, has many elements in common with knowledge, making transfer to it possible. Yet the last step must be taken by God because the last step in your redemption, which seems to be in the future, was accomplished by God in your creation. The separation has not interrupted it. Creation cannot be interrupted. The separation is merely a faulty formulation of reality with no effect at all. The miracle without a function in heaven is needful here. Aspects of reality can still be seen and they will replace aspects of unreality. Aspects of reality can be seen in everything and everywhere. Yet only God can gather them together by crowning them as one with the final gift of eternity. Thank you, Fran. And Ron Marie. <clears throat> 13 from perception to knowledge section 2 the role of healing 3 perfect perception then has many elements in common with knowledge making transfer to it possible yet the last step must be taken by God because the last step in your redemption which seems to be in the future, was accomplished by God in your creation. The separation has not interrupted it. Creation cannot be interrupted. The separation is merely a faulty formulation of reality with no effect at all. A miracle without a function in heaven is needful here. Aspects of reality can still be seen, and they will replace aspects of unreality. Aspects of reality can be seen in everything and everywhere, yet only God can gather them together by crowning them as one with the final gift of eternity. For, apart from the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit has no function. He is not separate from either, being in the mind of both and knowing that mind is one. He is a thought of God, and God has given him to you because he has no thoughts he does not share. His message speaks of timelessness in time, and that is why Christ's vision looks on everything with love, Yet even Christ's vision is not his reality. The golden aspects of reality which spring to light under his loving gaze are partial glimpses of the heaven that lies beyond them. 
Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen. Four. Apart from the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit has no function. He is not separate from either, being in the mind of both, and knowing that mind is one. He is a thought of God, and God has given him to you, because he has no thoughts he does not share. His message speaks of timelessness in time, and that is why Christ's vision looks on everything with love. Yet even Christ's vision is not his reality. The golden aspects of reality which spring to light under his loving gaze are partial glimpses of the heaven that lies beyond them. Five. This is the miracle of creation, that it is one forever. Every miracle you offer to the Son of God is but the true perception of one aspect of the whole. Though every aspect is the whole, you cannot know this until you see that every aspect is the same, perceived in the same light, and therefore one. Everyone seen without the past thus brings you nearer to the end of time by bringing healed and healing sight into the darkness and enabling the world to see. For light must come into the darkened world to make Christ's vision possible even here. Help him to give his gift of light to all who think they wander in the darkness and let him gather them into his quiet sight that makes them one. Thank you, Karen. And Donna. Five. This is the miracle of creation, that it is one forever. Every miracle you offer to the Son of God is but the true perception of one aspect of the whole. Though every aspect is the whole, you cannot know this until you see that every aspect is the same, perceived in the same light and therefore one. Everyone seen without the past thus brings you nearer to the end of time by bringing healed and healing sight into the darkness and enabling the world to see. For the light must come into the darkened world to make Christ's vision possible even here. Help him to give his gift of light to all who think they wander in darkness and let him gather them into his quiet sight that makes them one. Six, they are all the same, all beautiful and equal in their holiness. And he will offer them unto his Father as they were offered unto him. There is one miracle as there is one reality. And every miracle you do contains them all. 
and every aspect of reality you see blends quietly into the one reality of God. The only miracle that ever was is God's most holy Son created in the one reality that is his Father. Christ's vision is his gift to you. His being is his Father's gift to him. Thank you, Jonna and Sandra. Sorry, I had to get off a mute. Um, They, six, they are all the same, all beautiful and equal in their holiness. And he will offer them unto his Father as they were offered unto him. There is one miracle as there is one reality. And every miracle you do contains them all. As every aspect of reality you see blends quietly into the one reality of God. The only miracle that ever was is God's most holy Son, created in the one reality that is his Father. Christ's vision is his gift to you. His being is his Father's gift to him. Seven, be you content with healing, for Christ's gift you can bestow and your Father's gift you can lose. Offer Christ's gifts to everyone and everywhere For miracles offered the Son of God through the Holy Spirit attune you to reality. The Holy Spirit knows your part in the redemption and who are seeking in the redemption and who are seeking you and where to find them. Knowledge is far beyond your individual concern. You who are part of it and all of it need only realize that it is of the Father, not of you. Your role is the redemption, sorry, your role in the redemption leads you to it by reestablishing its oneness in your minds. Thank you, Sandra. And do we have a new reader for seven and eight? I'm in. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, we hear you. Okay. Be you content, be you content with healing, for Christ's gift you can bestow, and your Father's gift you cannot lose. Offer Christ's gift to everyone and everywhere, for mere the Son of God, through the Holy Spirit, attune you to reality. The Holy Spirit knows your part in the redemption and who are seeking you and where to find them. Knowledge is far beyond your individual concern. You who are a part of it and all of it need only realize that it is of the Father and not of you. Your role in the redemption leads you to it by reestablishing its oneness in your mind. When you have seen your brother as yourself, you will be released to knowledge, having learned to free 
yourself of him who knows of freedom. Unite with me under the holy banner of his teaching, and as we grow in strength, the power of God's Son will move in us, and we will leave no no one untouched and no one left alone. And suddenly time will be over, and we will all unite in the eternity of God the Father. The holy light you saw outside yourself in every miracle you offered to your brothers will be returned to you. And knowing that light is in you, your creations will be there with you as you are in your Father. Thank you, Judy. And would there be another new reader for 8 and 9? Uh, Reverend Reed can join. <laughs> Reverend Reed Joy can read. Thank you. <laughs> okay. All righty. Thank you. Okay. Um, eight. When you have seen your brothers as yourself, you will be released to knowledge, having learned to free yourself of him who knows of freedom. Unite with me under the holy banner of his teaching, and as we grow in strength, the power of God's Son will move in us we will leave no one untouched and no one left alone. And suddenly time will be over and we will all unite in the eternity of God the Father. The holy light you saw outside yourself and every miracle you offer to your brothers will be returned to you. And knowing that light is in you, your creations will be there with you as you are in your Father. Nine. As miracles in this world join you to your brothers, so do your creations establish your fatherhood in heaven. You are the witnesses to the fatherhood of God, and he has given you the power to create the witnesses to your fatherhood in heaven. The miracle which God created is perfect, as are the miracles which you created in his name. You need no healing, nor do you when you know them. Thank you, Reverend Rija. And is there another new reader for 9 and 10? Nine and 10. Alrighty, uh, back to you, Lemoyne. As miracles in this world join you to your brothers, so do your creation establish your fatherhood in heaven. You are the witnesses to the fatherhood of God, and he has given you the power to create the witnesses to your fatherhood in heaven. The miracle which God created is perfect as are the miracles which you created in his name. They need no healing, nor do you when you know them. Yet in this world, your perfection is unwitnessed. God knows it, but you do not. 
and so you do not share his witness to it. Nor do you witness unto him, for reality is witness to as one. God waits your witness to his son and to himself. The miracles you do on earth are lifted up to heaven and to him. They witness to what you do not know. And as they reach the gates of heaven, God will open them. For he would, for never would he leave his own beloved son outside them and beyond himself. Thank you, Lemoyne. Uh, and Fran. Ten. Yet in this world, your perfection is unwitnessed. God knows it, but you do not. And so you do not share his witness to it, nor do you witness unto him, for reality is witness to as one. God waits your witness to his son and to himself. The miracles you do on earth are lifted up to heaven and to him. They witness to what you do not know. And as they reach the gates of heaven, God will open them. For never would he leave his own beloved son outside them and beyond himself. Thank you, Fran. And thank you, everyone who read this morning. Uh, this beautiful, beautiful opening to chapter 13. Um, I think to highlight just a few, a few features from this section. It's such a whole. Um, just like knowledge but from paragraph 2 there is nothing partial about knowledge every aspect is whole and therefore no aspect is separate you are an aspect of knowledge being in the mind of God who knows you all knowledge must be yours for in you is all knowledge Perception at its loftiest is never complete. Even the perception of the Holy Spirit, as perfect as perception can be, is without meaning in heaven. Perception can reach everywhere under his guidance, for the vision of Christ beholds everything in light. Yet no perception, however holy, will last forever. And so the role of healing Perfect perception then has many elements in common with knowledge, making transfer to it possible. Yet the last step must be taken by God because the last step in your redemption, which seems to be in the future, was accomplished by God in your creation. The separation has not interrupted it. Creation cannot be interrupted. The separation was merely a faulty formulation of reality with no effect at all. The miracle without a function in heaven is needful here. Aspects of reality still can be seen and they will replace aspects of unreality. Aspects of reality can be seen in everything and everywhere. Yet only God can gather them together by crowning them as one with the final gift of eternity. In paragraph 4, 
Apart from the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit has no function. He is separate from neither. Being in the mind of both and knowing that the mind is one, he is the thought of God. And God has given him to you because he has no thoughts he does not share. His message speaks of timelessness in time. And that is why Christ's vision looks on everything with love. In paragraph 5, this is the miracle of creation, that it is one forever. Every miracle you offer to the Son of God is but the true perception of one aspect of the whole. Everyone seen without the past brings you nearer to the end of time by bringing healed and healing sight, light, sight into the darkness and enabling the world to see. For light must come into the darkened world to make Christ's vision possible even here. Help him to give his gift of light to all who think they wander in the darkness and let him gather them into his quiet sight that makes them one. In paragraph 6, there is one miracle as there is one reality. And every miracle you do contains them all. As every aspect of reality you see blends quietly into the one reality of God. The only miracle that ever was is God's most holy son created in the one reality that is his father. Christ's vision is his gift to you and being is his father's gift to him. His being is his father's gift to him. So in paragraph 7, be you content with healing. For Christ's gift you can bestow and your father's gift you cannot lose. Offer Christ's gift to everyone and everywhere. For miracles offered the Son of God through the Holy Spirit attune you to reality. In paragraph 8, when you have seen your brothers as yourself, you will be released to knowledge, having learned to free yourself of him who knows of freedom. Unite with me under the holy banner of his teaching, and as we grow in strength, the power of God's Son will move in us, and we'll, we will leave no one untouched, and no one left alone, and suddenly time will be over. And we will all unite in the eternity of God the Father, the holy light you saw outside yourself, and every miracle you offered to your brothers will be returned to you. And knowing that the light is in you, your creations will be there with you as you are in your Father. In paragraph 9, you are the witnesses to the fatherhood of God. And he has given you the power to create the witnesses to yours, which is his. Deny a brother here, and you deny the witnesses to your fatherhood in heaven. The miracle which God created is perfect, as are the miracles which you created in his name. They need no healing. They need no healing. Nor do you when you know them. 
finally in paragraph 10 in this world your perfection is unwitnessed God knows it but you do not and so you do not share his witness to it nor do you witness unto him for reality is witnessed to as one God waits your witness to his son and to himself the miracles you do on earth are lifted up to heaven and to him they witness to what you do not know and as they reach the gates of heaven God will open them for he would leave for never would he leave his own beloved son outside them and beyond himself oh glorious section such such beauty um so we have a few minutes at the top of the hour would anyone like to share how how they received this this morning just off the top <laughs> this is Donna the thing that struck me is in each one of these paragraphs there are thousands and thousands of words and yet we are able to grasp those words in our spirit and their true intention this is blow this is all three of these last sections have wow i'm complete it is phenomenal isn't it donna thank you i'm glad you shared that good morning it's karen um once again it just is so striking and important to get that the past does not exist all therapies released from the past the past does not exist it's carried forward by the ego and it only in, exists in my ego memory so if i'm ruminating about the past i'm in ego mind it, it's like stop and recorrect stop and recorrect if the past is alive in my emotional body stop and offer it to the holy spirit if i'm thinking and the pattern that i'm seeing in the outer world is a reflection of my past and i'm then i'm in that place where i'm not in the now i'm in i'm in my ego mind which skips the now and projects the past the separation is merely a faulty formulation of reality without effect if i'm in my ego mind i'm in separation which means i'm not in reality um every aspect of reality is the same perceived in the same light and therefore one everyone seen without the past thus brings you nearer to the end of time by bringing healing by bringing healed and healing sight into the darkness and enabling the world to see light must come into the darkened world to make Christ's vision possible um i was having an experience yesterday where i was feeling irritated and i looked out in the outer world and i thought it was because of a person out there and i checked myself and said no it's an inner condition being projected outward and i recognized that the person reminded me of something in myself 
that I had not healed. That's how that works, that reflection of the outer world is asking for healing for something inner. The past doesn't have to control my present. And the pain that I experience about the past, I have to just recognize it isn't real. I'm generating it. Someone said something to me yesterday, and it triggered me, and I felt like, you know, I'm not fixed. I'm not okay. Um, They're pointing out that I'm not healed. I'm not a healed spiritual person. And then there was this huge flood of emotion right behind that thought about my childhood not being healed and not being good enough. And I, and I checked it. I stopped and I said, Holy Spirit, I offer this to you because it's not my job to heal myself. It, it put me right in panic mode because I thought, oh, God, if I haven't done it yet, I've done so much seva, I've done so much sadhana, and I've studied so many spiritual things, and I try to stay aligned with the Holy Spirit, and I try to have affirmations, and I had this whole thing go on in my mind. It was only a few seconds, but I stopped, and I just said, it's not my job to heal myself. The Holy Spirit will heal me. I rest in God. I don't have to do anything. I just have to accept that I am as God created me. I am perfect. Maybe I'm not manifesting that yet, but if I go into the falsehood of the ego mind, it will never happen and I will never be free. I think that's enough. I'm complete. Oh, boy, that was great, Karen. I love the way you say, I checked myself. No, that was just perfect. Thank you. Thank you. What a victory, Karen. Thank you. Such encouragement. Thank you. Well, maybe this little pause is the perfect place to... Um, Take that beautiful moment with God. So, Fran, would you lead us this morning once again? And thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 144. My mind holds only what I think with God. There is no love but God's. The world I see has nothing I want. I'm just going to read two paragraphs from the uh, introduction of the review. We're in review four. Now we review again, this time aware we are preparing for the second part of learning how the truth can be applied. Today, we will begin to concentrate on readiness for what will follow next. Such is our aim for this review and for the lessons following. Thus, we review the recent lessons and their central thoughts in such a way as will well, facilitate the readiness which we would now achieve. There is a central theme that unifies each step in the review we undertake, which can be simply stated in these words. 
my mind holds only what I think was God. This is a fact and represents the truth of what you are and what your father is. It is this thought by which the father gave creation to the son, establishing the son as co-creator with himself. It is this thought which fully guarantees salvation to the son. For in his mind, no thoughts can dwell but those his father shares. Lack of forgiveness blocks this thought from his awareness. Yet, it is forever true. We'll go over to the lesson. We'll take a five-minute meditation on this. Lesson 144. My mind holds only what I think was God. There is no love but God's. The world I see has nothing that I want.
Lesson 144. My mind holds only what I think with God. There is no love but God's. The world I see has nothing that I want. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Morning, Karen again. I'm going to say a few things really quickly. Um, my mind holds only what I think with God. If my mind is holding holiness, beautiful, equal <clears throat> holiness, thoughts of holiness, love, peace, joy, light, kindness, truth, wisdom, clarity, forgiveness, mercy. If my mind is holding holiness, then my mind is, is in reality. If my mind is holding fear and anger and resentment and guilt and all the things of the ego mind, it's, I have to dispel that. I have to say that isn't, first of all, real. It's nothingness. I don't want it, and I reject it and cast it out. It's nothingness. It's not even real. There is no love but God. means it's love without specialness. Love is in everything. Love is the substratum of the entire creation. Everything is created forth from love. And the world I see, if the world I see is enveloped in fear, then it's the ego world. And it holds nothing that I want. But I think through the course, I know for myself, I'm seeing a world of love too. I'm seeing the kingdom more and more. And that is the world I want. The one that's generated from the mind of holiness and complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Karen. It so reminded me of the lesson, I have a kingdom I, I must rule. I rule my mind, which I alone can rule. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Lord. Harris and hope you can understand me. Um, the second of the reminder lessons the world I see has nothing that I want. The ego thought system is so cunning. You know, every day I can think of things that in the world that I see, that I want. I want my love. Um, 
I want more money. I want help. All of these things and others that I believe I want and from the world. So this is a very challenging lesson. If I'm really honest with myself, I recognize that the world I see as something that I want. So to practice this lesson today is super important. If my mind holds only what I think was God, then my mind does not have hold any thoughts about the world, what the world can offer me. All the love I need comes from God. Everything that's valuable comes from God. All my happiness comes from God. They're all the thoughts I think with God. I'm complete. Oh, we can understand you, Harrison. That was beautiful. Thank yeah, you. So it was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. That was beautiful. Thank you, Harrison. It led me deeper into the meaning of this lesson. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. This is Donna, and what came to me in the lesson uh, during the quiet time, 128, the world I see has nothing I want. And what came to me was, and what I need, Holy Spirit will give me. The other thing that I was reminded of while uh, we were meditating is paragraph six, the first sentence which really gives me a clarity on how I am to see everyone. They are all the same, all beautiful, and equal in their holiness. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. I love that paragraph, too. Thank Thank you, Donna.
Good morning, gang. It's Jude. Happy, joyous, and free. This is great. This is one of my most favorite. Like, every part, every part of this book is my favorite. Part of the whole, an aspect of the whole. Um, the, um, the freedom from the past um, and how it's essential that the most important thing for me to learn in order to learn from the Holy Spirit what the truth about me is and the truth about what heaven is and the truth about God knowing me and me knowing God as ourselves being one. Um, you know, I have to just let go of everything I think I know in, in the world. And um, thank you for your shares today. I, um, I, I, I joined with such joy in knowing that we've all got this. There's nothing that we have to get, that we already have it, we already know it, and all we have, have to do is recognize that and own it and claim it. And um, these lessons, review lessons, the last few days have really freed my mind, my mind holding, holding um, that refrain, my mind holds only the thoughts with God, um, became reduced in quite a short period of time to um, I am one with my source and I am one. And um, it just kept getting um, shorter and simpler and there was no me in it. And um, the loss of the sense of um, a separate self of an I is an I image just never came to my mind and judgment of others and anything else outside of myself didn't come to mind and um, the freedom of the world's grasp upon my mind um, seemed to really be, be um, you know, um, released from my mind. And I'm so grateful for this, you know. We've all been here and practicing, and, and we come to, we came, we came to, and then we really come to believe the, the fact that we're created perfect in the likeness of our Creator and um, that our minds are powerful. The line in the text today that really sings to me is that we are we have the power of the mind of God to create witnesses unto ourselves and, and all being loving and lovable. I know that. I know that. I'm familiar with that through practicing the lessons that, that um, when, I, when I clear the ego's thinking about, conceptualizing about, analyzing about, naming and categorizing, evaluating, all that kind of thinking goes when my mind holds only what I think with God it pretty much is only love I see only love I see only what's loving and what's lovable and um, I don't think about myself at all which is you know <laughs> the only way there can be a me is if I imagine myself to be one <laughs> so it's been a fun it's been a fun week in doing these lessons, and um, I just love this 
that we can give Christ's vision to each other. I'm acknowledging God. Thank you, Lori, for your um, bearing witness to the light of awareness in others. It's something I've been thinking about since you said it on Friday, and I'm just loving the tools, these tools for being honest. You know, if I'm honest, I can't judge anybody because I don't even know who the heck I am. (laughs) I want to know myself as God created me to be. I want to know how beautiful and wonderful and how joyful and how peaceful that can be and what that really means to God that I complete him in that. It's such an absolutely awesome thought to me that it just, it, it lifts me right up, right out of the body and the world. Um, oh, this thing about witnessing, as I see, because we're still talking about projection, and what I project, project is what I want to see. I want to see God in everything. I want to see the Holy Christ loving brother in everyone and every sister, brother and sister that I see. That reality is witness to as one, and God waits my witness to his one creation and to God himself, to what I do not know, and this whole gates of heaven, that God would, God's not denying anybody heaven right here and right now. We're all really in heaven right here and right now. We just have to clear the decks, all the cobwebs, all the dark judgments from the past, all the stuff that we think we know, and let it go and have us unsealed and open mind and heart and let only the thoughts of God occupy my mind. What's not worthy, what thought is not worthy of God is not worthy of us. And that's enough out of me, but I'm full of goosebumps today. <laughs> so glad you're all here. Thank you, Laurie and Lemoyne, for your devotion to us. I'm complete. Now there is so much in there, Judy. Um, I can only respond with happiness. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. I'd been, thank you. Uh, thanks, thanks, Judy. Yes, thanks, Judy. I've been looking at seven. Be you content with healing for Christ's gift you can bestow. Hey, we can do it. And your Father's gift you cannot lose. I love that. The Holy Spirit knows your part in the redemption and who are seeking you and where to find them. Knowledge is far beyond your individual concern. You who are part of it and all of it need only realize that it is of the Father, not of you. Your role in the redemption leads you to it by reestablishing its oneness in your minds, which is exactly what we do every morning. We're reestablishing it every morning with one another, reminding each other how we can stay totally open to God, our source, and really so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. Oh, yes, to stay open. Thank Thank you. 
Thank you. Well, thank you, Thanks. Reverend Marie. That was really, really inspirational, and I just, I love when you read because it comes through you so clearly, and just like when you're speaking. Thank you. Mm. Sweet, Karen. Thank you. And this is Reverend Richard Joyna. Did someone else want to share? Um, I, uh, my, you know, Judy mentioned aspect, you know, the whole, and it's sort of along the lines of what I was thinking, because um, I used to read or learn a lot from Raj Pearl through Paul Tuttle, and um, Raj is just another name for the Christ, and um, he said there were aspects of, of um, the infinitude. I love that aspect of the infinitude. And he also said, when he first announced himself to Paul, because Paul had thought he was just a guide named Raj, <laughs> which means king. Um, but um, he said, I am the individuality who was known as Jesus. And that like floored Paul Tuttle, like, oh my God, yeah, right. And so I'm listening to Jesus, aren't we all, you know, and we are. <laughs> But uh, I am the individuality who was known as Jesus. Interesting. So the thing is, what I'm hearing is that we're an aspect of the infinitude, and we have we are here in this uh, dimension to experience contrast. It is a dimension of contrast, purposeful or not. I'm not. I'm not sure. Some people say it was purposeful, so that it was God. And, you know, uh, everything is God. <laughs> God is all there is. He all that is. But it, it was God, you know, separating into aspects of the infinitude to experience themselves, or, or God, God experiencing itself. Interesting, interesting, right? So when when I hear that, I I think, wow. And when I look out from this portal, my eyes. I am, uh, I am the Christ. I am uh, the source, uh, looking out at itself. Right? You know, it's like one, and um, an aspect of it all. And I think that we're. I, I'm learning that. I'm hearing from different places that we're we've dallied, we've played with contrast, and we've we're coming to learn and to remember. Actually, well, coming to learn who we truly are uh, as aspects of the infinitude, as really one with our source. And I think we're going to come to a place where that's going to that's gonna be a choice that uh, oh, we'll need to make on a grander scale, uh, leaving this, um, the world and all we thought it was and owning the Christ. He said the second coming is the Christ within you. So we're going to own the Christ. Uh, and so that's going to be amazing. That's going to be fantastic. Some people will be able to. I mean, some people will stay in the dream. Uh, I just do want to mention that I, I'm, I'm reading a book called The Closet Spiritualist, and he, 
it's really the leading cutting edge for me because he he had he had his experiences and his willingness to, to be uh, to share uh, where for us all you know the the leading edge of where we're going so it's the closet spiritualist is just amazing i'm going to hear him talk tomorrow night and i'll let you know but anyway yeah we're we're on the cusp of you know we're done he said we're done how about the course of love you're done you're cooked there's you know there's no more learning even the choose only love said your ego's not it's we're done with the ego so we're graduating but we need to accept this is where we are we're on the cusp of accepting you know our graduation you know and accepting who we truly are so um that's what i wanted to share today and i'm 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 complete thank you thank you that was good thank you Thank you, Reverend Rija. Thanks, Rija. <clears throat> this is Sandra, and um, you know, <clears throat> these two lessons: there is no love but God's, and the world I see has nothing that I want. This, this is a; these are. These are actually decisions I have to make based in God's truth rather than in my perceptions. However, in in this situation, my perception was the same as God's truth because the world I saw didn't have anything I wanted. So so I decided to... uh, I think it was my higher self. I truly believe it was my higher self decided to go alternative and and operate in the world in a more holistic, balanced way where I took responsibility for, you know, growing organic food and, and uh, you know, practicing more holistic ways of healing, which, is, which worked. And I believe it worked because I believe that they're, they're God's you know that if if there is going to be life on this planet because right now we're heading supposedly a lot of people are saying that we're heading towards possible extinction um which is it's not like it hasn't happened before it has happened before so it's possible that that is you know a way for things to reset um but what i realize is that you know, as within, so without. And so because I didn't like the world I saw and I chose to go more alternative, thinking that there was a better way, the world that I see doesn't like me either. It doesn't want me. It doesn't want anything about me. And that's been um, challenging because I felt, you know, I, there's when Judy mentioned that, you know, being on this call is being in heaven, it's true. Here I am studying, you know, God's truth rather than my perception. 
and I'm studying it with mighty companions who really work at not judging me and will accept me even if I am alternative. You know, they're open-minded enough because even just to learn this material, you have to be really open-minded because it goes against everything. It goes against competition, which this world is based in competition. <laughs> it, it, you know, it stands for working together and trusting God and non-judgment. And, um, and now, because I've embraced God's truth rather than my perception, now my mind holds only what I think with God. And I totally forgive myself um, for losing it yesterday and being so frightened. Um, and I forgive the whole experience because it's, it's just, it, it, it is what it is and it's what we have to work with. And if I'm condemning the only thing that I have to work with, I mean, the medical profession, the emergency rooms, I'm glad they're there. I just think that they've that they're out of control at this point and, they've, and they, they, there needs to be a reset there. But it's, I'm glad they're there. So it's just, it's just encouraging me to, um, you know, accept and expand and forgive. I'm complete. Thanks, Sandra. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. Thank you so much, Sandra. That was beautiful. I'm so reminded, Sandra, of that gorgeous quote, there are no strangers in heaven. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, my you. dear. Thank you. Love you. Everyone is our beloved. Yeah, this, this pain thing has... Um, really been an interesting exercise, you know, pretty constant, consistent throughout the day, which, you know, the Course speaks of this constant and consistent, um, you know, ego in the world, being a hostage to the ego or being a hostage imprisoned by what the world thinks and how it would make me into something I'm not, a body, I'm not the body, I have a body, and I'm supposed to care for it, it's, it's my baby, you know, I, I, need to, I need it to get around in the world, and um, God wants me to be happy, and that's God's will for me, and first and foremost, to, to recognize that um, being happy and joyous is the constant, consistent state of being in conscious awareness of God's presence within me, of Christ's presence within me. And, you know, I, I started out right again this morning, waiting for the Tylenol to kick in, waiting for the magic to kick in, waiting for Jude's magic to kick in, like Harrison would say, you know, that I, I'm prisoner to my body as long as I... I think that I am a body as long as I think I want my body to be different than the way it is because God's will is happening in the world. You know, I don't know that the invisibility and the 
the perfect, constant, and consistent love of God that it speaks of in today's text, glimpses of awareness of God's reality that we can't seem to see with our body's eyes, but are still apparent in many aspects of real as rea- aspects of reality. But I have to want to see that, and um, you know it slows me right down. I'm walking at a snail's pace. <laughs> And I'm just still happy as happy as a clam and peaceful and looking out through what I know in my heart of hearts is God's eyes. And, you know, the wonder, it's like my eyes are so wide open and seeing everything without the specificity. I went to, I went to um, Home Depot to buy a squirrel feeder because the squirrels, you know, they they tore it, the last one down and <laughs> they have their way with it. So first thing in the morning, I'm just snail's pace going to buy another bird feeder. And I think, you know, this is things of the world. But there are aspects of the beauty of God's creation in its totality that every part is a part of the whole and that none of it's separate from any other part. And what is the same cannot be different because it's all love. What is one cannot have separate parts. I just love this. I'm full of joy today. Sorry for going on, taking up more time than I should. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. There is no such... No such thing as taking up more time. This is what time is for. So thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, let's see here. This business of witness, um, it, it's just really a beautiful thing to me this morning. I'm reminded of just uh, last week we read in Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, uh, this gorgeous quote that goes something like, those who accept love of you become your willing witnesses to the love you gave them. And it is they who hold it out to you. (laughs) When I want to talk about it, okay, there's this thing that comes to my mind first, that that great scene in that movie, I can't remember the the movie, but it was Tom, Tom Cruise and Jack Nichols and Jack Nichols was on the stand and and Tom Cruise finally just bellowed out I want the truth and Jack Nichols answered you can't stand the truth and boy if that isn't just um, a metaphor for the ego thought system I don't know what is he says you become the witnesses to your father 
And when I ask for that uh, to be clarified for me, what I get is you are you are the witness to the reality of the Father because you know Him, because you know your source. You're the witness to your Father because you know Him. And the great reality of creation is that it is one forever. Back in chapter 3, he said, what happens to perception if everything is equal? What happens to perception? You see, perception is based on lack. The ego looks at something and judges it as missing something, not equal to something else. You use the word competitive, Sandra. That's a good word for the way the ego judges what it's going to accept and what it isn't going to accept. Um, and in that thought system, of course, the ego evaluates everything as itself in competition with itself and and um, out for destruction and every transaction is nothing more than a transaction to the ego it's what can you give me for as little cost as possible or what can I take from you but when Jesus came he he taught this he said I came now he's speaking to a, a great community, a tribe, uh, a, a fellowship of faith, believing in the one God, and he said, and, and who worship the law, the Ten Commandments, very holy. And he said, I came not to abolish the law, that is to say, the version of right and wrong that you hold, came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And lately, the uh, Holy Spirit's been talking to me about that. And what I'm getting is that I came to fulfill the law means that there's an underlying belief or truth about what's right and wrong. And that underlying belief is love. I came to fulfill the law. Every law that proceeded from the time of Moses was, you know, this is how it is. Do this, do this, do this, do this in order to be a community. I came to fulfill the law is to say there is something underneath all this doing that makes the doing meaningful. And that meaningfulness is love. I came to teach love. I came to fulfill or show you the underlying belief behind all of right doing and that belief is love he says in the manual for teachers you become a teacher of God when you realize your brother's interests are not separate from your own the great miracle of creation is that it is one forever no one's interests are separate from my own because it's the nature of creation that it be one forever. Later on, he talks about um, putting the broken pieces of God's Son back together again. And this holistic vision that he's asking me to embrace is that everything possible that is ever or ever will be proceeds 
from the source of all love. That's all he wants me to know. That everything is undergirded by love. And now I'm thinking of the, the teaching he gave at the at the water at the it's talk. The story is the woman at the well. And so they're hungry and tired and they come to this well and and he says to this woman who's a stranger, Would you please give me a drink? And she says, I can't give you a drink, this isn't your well. No, give me a drink. Well, I just you know, she's very reluctant to um to serve him that way. And he says, if you knew the miracle that stood before you, if you knew the miracle that stood before you, you would ask, you would ask for living water. For no one who receives this living water will ever, ever thirst again. This love of God. The only miracle that ever was is God's Holy Son. Back to chapter 3. What happens to perception if there's just perfect equality? If everyone is God's perfect son, what happens to perception? It is no more. There's just knowledge. And what is knowledge? But the recognition that everything I could possibly ever, uh, I want to say, perceive versus know. And there, therein lies the rub. Everything I could ever perceive versus know is actually a manifestation of God in form. He says there are no strangers in the kingdom. The only miracle that ever exists is God's Son. That means that I can know. I have the potential to know. Potential is, is a good word. I have the potential to know of the whole and holy nature of God's creation when I know it is manifested in creation in my brother in this person who my body's eyes say is a stranger but who truth says is a witness to my reality just as I am a witness to that person's reality that's what makes this call heaven as you say Sandra because we know and open-mindedly accept that we do know each other. Why? Because we know the source from which everything proceeds. All of this, all of this is available in the same way the old masters used to say, to know a drop of the ocean is to know the ocean. Because the ocean is in the drop and the drop is in the ocean. You see, we are all aspects of that same source, that same capital S self. And I can know that. How can I know that? Because the awakening of the spiritual eye, okay? The awareness of the Holy Spirit is always in my mind. He is part of God. He is part of me. And when these two circles of the Son and the Father overlap, in the space between them is all creation. The song of love, the, son, the Father sings still to the Son, and the Son sing, still sings to the Father. In that space are all, all of us, 
the collective self of God. And the Holy Spirit is that awareness. It's universal. Anyone who ever receives it cannot doubt its universality. When that voice for truth speaks to me in my mind, he gives me right-minded perception. It's like it's like my soul's mailbox. I can go to it any time and ask for truth because my soul, before it ever came here, left me a great big batch of letters that I can refer to any time. That's the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And all I need ever do is say, it appears to me as this, I don't want it. Tell me the truth of this. And the truth of this is the truth of me. The light I share with the brother is reflected back to me. And that's how I know what I am. It was almost a year ago he told me, Holy Spirit said, you know what you are in the light of your brother's awareness because every aspect of creation reflects holiness back to me. I am God's son. <laughs> Is it not, not me, not me, not this me I thought I was, not this personal self, but everything that ever proceeded from the mind of God is his whole creation. And when I share that light, and I don't mean I'm giving it to somebody who's in the dark, that's not, that's not how it works. When I see that light shining back at me from creation, that's how I know what I am. And that's a miracle, because anyone... Anyone who knows that they're seen with the eyes of love instantly wants to abandon everything else. Why? Because true north is true north. And when my compass points to truth in me, it points to the same true north in you. Holy Spirit only sees himself everywhere he looks. That's Christ's vision. Every miracle you offer to the Son of God brings this awareness closer to you. He says, every time I see someone truly and their light shines back at me, I'm that much closer to the kingdom, which is the eternal loving nature of the mind of God. What is creation, he says, but the sum of all God's thoughts in number infinite and forever. The drop in the ocean knows that it is a drop in the ocean as the ocean knows the drop is itself. We are each God's completion, you see? And that's why when I recognize a brother, that that brother knows he's recognized because I have a direct experience of the light in that brother. And that brother knows then that same light because the compass points in the same direction. The lamps of God are all lit by the same spark. You see, the source of all love shines. Last week I talked about how revelation unites you directly with God and miracle unites you directly with soul. He says in the principle for miracles that miracles lead to revelation, not the other way around. Miracles lead to revelation not the other way around. Every time I share truth in my mind with a brother, 
that brother knows that same truth and together we are revealed to be aspects of God that oneness that we all share quantitatively these experiences add up they add up they add up by bringing the knowledge of creation one forever closer to my mind and when that happens there's this shift a qualitative shift a different experience of everything why because my forgiveness shines its light on everything I see and forgiveness shines its light back at me forgiveness is my function as the light of the world just means to realize to realize in my experience that nothing could ever have changed the holiness of God's creation it could it couldn't be the separation didn't change reality it was a temporary lapse a faulty how does he say a faulty formulation of reality every miracle that is right-minded perception of a brother brings the knowledge that creation is one and always has been one forever this is so marvelous um, a revelation I came not to fulfill the law I came not to abolish the law but to fulfill the law this living water still flows and it always flows through the heart of every son of God and when we share it what happens the desert blooms he says the birds began to sing the reality of love that never changed becomes closer and closer and closer what, what a marvelous thing is creation and he says you'll never ever know your creations until you know your brother is a co-creator with you and I want to end this this little meditation um, with a biologic there is a biologic equivalent even in our own bodies we all came here with a number of they're called pluripotent stem cells stem cells that can become anything they contain the potential to be anything and when a need calls upon these stem cells the stem cells are activated to become a response to the need this is how God created us to be responses to a need this is why we bring the light to the darkness and the darkness is no more I'm complete that was precious Lori did I talk too long <laughs> no, that was very very inspiring I know that's what I thought too I thought maybe I put people to sleep but <laughs> it was so inspiring I resonated with every single word and I'm it's, I'm just blessed I mean we, thank you aren't we aren't we just aren't we just thank you my dear
I just love that, Laura. That was fabulous. Right-minded perceptions bring the awareness that we are one. I had to write that one down. That was just so clear. And the thing about stem cells, <laughs> I've forgotten that. And uh, just to put it together with the course, that was brilliant. So lovely. Thank you, Lori. I had to take another pause, so I missed your share. So, Rusty, call it over, maybe you can do it again. <laughs> um, always enjoy uh, hearing you, Lori. It's such a blessing. Um, I was thinking about our test reading, and I, I can't get past the first sentence. All therapy is released from the past. That is one tremendous statement. And I'm sure he's talking about real therapy, not the uh, therapy that uh, we normally think of. but he's talking about the course's idea of therapy. All therapy is released from the past. So what past is he talking about? And he says that the Holy Spirit Spirit is the only therapist. He teaches that the past does not exist. A fact which belongs to the sphere of knowledge and which therefore no one in the world knows. That's an extraordinary (laughs) statement. (coughs) And clearly, my body doesn't want me to talk about that. So I'll leave it to others. (laughs) I'm completely. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. This is Sandra, and um, I'm glad you brought that up because my understanding is that we actually hold trauma 
and most of us have had some kind of trauma in the past, and if it wasn't us directly, then our ancestors had some kind of trauma because this is a trauma planet. <laughs> but um, to know that, uh, you know, that, it's, that, just, that all therapy is based in letting go of the past, and this is so encouraging us and giving us permission to just let it go. And we have the power of decision. That's where our power lies, is to, is to choose God's perception, not my perception. And God, like, like Lori was saying, the, God is very holistic. God includes the shadow and the light. God doesn't judge anything. So um, I'm so grateful for the prayers yesterday. I feel like much, much better. And it's almost like it was a miracle. It was a miracle that people prayed for me and they cared enough to, you know, reach out to me and, um, and, and help me to experience love. Because it's, that's, you know, for me, that word is kind of foreign. Um, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to, received it i don't know how i don't think i know how to express it at least my life is revealing that i must not have done a very good job expressing my love either um so to come into it with i don't know anything and that god's got a plan here and just stay in the moment and surround myself with mighty companions i'm complete Thank you, Sandra. It's a beautiful description of how and why we need each other so much. Oh, and now I'm remembering how I wanted to finish that. One of the reasons we have pain in our body is that memory of trauma from the past. And it's not, it's, my understanding of it is that it's, it's, a, it, it's cellular and it, it requires a very strong, healed mind in order to remove that stuff. And that is, I think that is the hook of why they're offering drug-induced <laughs> therapies um, to help people release the past because it's, it's so hard. You have to be so diligent and work so hard at using your mind power to continue continuously watch your thoughts because most of our thoughts are from the past. Um, so I just want to tap, you know, give myself a pat on the back and give everybody here a pat on the back. I'm complete. Uh, thank you, Sandra. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thanks, hon. Well, what a great, great, great beginning to Chapter 13 from perception to knowledge. Um, Great beginning. So I think to harken back, um, way back to Chapter 3 in the section Perception versus Knowledge, he's telling us what we're on our way to when he says true perception 
is the basis for knowledge, but knowing is an affirmation of truth. All your difficulties ultimately stem from the fact that you do not recognize or know yourselves, each other, or God. To recognize, recognize, means to know again, implying that you knew before. You did know before. You can see in many ways because perception involves different interpretations. And this means that it's not whole. A miracle is a way of perceiving, not of knowing. It is the right answer to a question. And you do not ask questions at all when you know. The Bible instructs you to know yourself or be certain. And that's the gift of the atonement. Certainty is always of God. When you love someone, you have perceived him as he is. And this makes it possible for you to know him. However, it's not until you recognize him that you can know him. Perception, miracles, and doing are closely related. Knowledge is the result of revelation and induces only thought. Perception involves the body, even in its most spiritualized form. Knowledge comes from the altar within and is timeless because it is certain. To perceive the truth is not the same as knowing it. But here's this knowing before. God is not a stranger to his sons, and his sons are not strangers to each other. Knowledge preceded both perception and time and will ultimately replace them. This is the real meaning of the biblical description of God as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Truth is our beginning and our ending. It also explains the quotation before Abraham was I am. Perception can and must be stabilized but knowledge is stable. Fear God and keep his commandments should read. Know God and accept his certainty. There are no strangers in his creation. To create as he created, you can create only what you know and accept as yours. God knows his children with perfect certainty. He created them by knowing them. He recognized them perfectly. When they do not recognize each other, they do not recognize him. Oh God, let us all become witnesses to the truth in each other and in you. Amen. Thank you, everyone. This beautiful, beautiful introduction of perception and knowledge. Amen. Thank you, Lori. We'll end the recording, but not the call.